I just, I just want to see how much money I would have. <laughs> yes, inflation calculator. Inflation calculator. Uh, okay. Like this is your bank account now. Um, Are you saying you bought a house <laughs> for five dollars? Nineteen sixty-five. If you had forty thousand dollars to buy a house, how much would you have now? Two hundred. Oh my gosh! Three hundred fifty-seven thousand dollars. Yeah, baby. Forty thousand dollars in nineteen sixty-five is worth almost four hundred thousand dollars. But a house like that now is probably worth like three four million. million. So close. Three and a half, let's say. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hello. We are back with another installment of This Podcast Is Not For You. Brought to you again by Monday Zero Alcohol Whiskeys and Spirits. Yes. Um, I think it's Monday.com is the website, correct? DrinkMonday.com. DrinkMonday.com. And our code. And our code is... Not for you, 10. Not, not for you, 10. Not for you, 10. 10% off site-wide. Uh, Jacob has the, what is the name of your drink right now? Don't know. I forgot. Okay. If you want to forget what your drink is, this is a good one. Yes. The Don't are, Know Forgot we, is really heavy. We are drinking the uh, the whiskey mixed with ginger, ginger ale and lemon. Mm-hmm. Yes. You also doing the ginger ale? Yes. I'm doing the gin with some lime juice and a little bit of zest of lemon as well. And we're going to do a little bit of uh, non-drunk history today. That's um, right, Jacob. Good one, dude. That is nice. right. Uh, my name is Peyton. My name is Jake. My name is Wes. We're back, and as you can tell from the title, this episode is about history, which got Wes's blood boiling. I think. I'm loving it, dude. Just um, let me know how many minutes I can talk about World War II. <laughs> So, as an introduction, I just wanted to read a little statement that I wrote up. Oh. Um, Open statements. This is a, this is a quote from me, but it's <laughs> <laughs> <That's> amazing. <laughs> uh, history, history is written by it's, the victors. It's a quote from me. Um, so, when did you say this, Peyton? <laughs> Have you said it yet? Okay. Okay. What's the con- This will retro. I wrote. I proactively wrote this as a quote. <laughs> For this episode. He's quoting episode 67 of this podcast. <laughs> it's not for you. It's, yeah, it's, well, I'm so excited okay. for this. <laughs> now no, it's, it's serious. That's the problem. What Wait, should doing? I read it quoting you even though you haven't said it? Uh, sh- sure. Then it will never be a quote from Peyton <laughs> if he doesn't say it, though. <laughs> the joke is on me because the quote is of Wes. Here we go. <laughs> He's not going to be able to get through it. Human beings are bound to a timeline. Our species goal... You misspelled species. Uh, our species it wouldn't have mattered if he was reading it. What the Sorry. frick? <laughs> it's a quote. No quote. Our species goals, means, appearance, way of life, and just about everything else you can think of has changed, is changing, and will change. Because time is on a line, that means that we have the ability to look back on that line and see landmarks. Whatever you believe about who and what our old, older, and oldest stories are, it is undeniable that things have happened. <laughs> I forgot that it's all caps. The oh. recordings of what might be a different story, but if it's changed... <laughs> nailing it. But if, but if it's changed, is changing, and will continue to change... Gotcha. Do those changes <laughs> in the past influence us in the present? Or more accurately, should they influence us in the future? Mm. Quote... 
Peyton, no, James always, Walker. Never, I've heard about in 20, changes. Twenty twenty two. Heard about changes was all West. What? Uh, that was a hundred percent. No, you. it's dumb. <laughs> I just deleted all of it. Okay. Wow, that was a beautiful quote. <laughs> Not. I'm so proud of you for having said that at some I mean, point. The direction was lacking, but the script was good. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So basically, let's set the parameters of our discussion. Mm-hmm. So this means like how back, how far back are we going to talk in terms of like the things that have developed over time in terms of like cultural norms and right and wrong and morality and and in government and currency and like all this stuff, I was going to leave it up for both of you guys to kind of pitch your idea in terms of like how far back do we want to talk about the beginning of this country? Do we want to talk about the beginning of Western civilization? Do we want to, you know, how far back do we want to set our parameters? Because we're talking about history. We're talking about history, but we're also specifically, there's kind of a three-part discussion. First is, should the past influence us in the future? Does your own personal past influence your personal future and present? And then three is like, how reliable is our history? So when we set our parameters, those three things are going to be affected. So what would you guys like to talk about specifically? It's hard because you can draw connections to everything literally all the way back. Like... Uh, because history is a chain of events, one impacting the other. Mm-hmm. I guess the easiest is American history because it's what we have the best knowledge of, probably. Collectively, we have the best knowledge of American history as opposed to world history. Okay. Jacob, you concur? The easy answer is to say that I agree with but it. But you're going to go two years before that. No, I don't know anything about anything. I hope 67 episodes in, I hope people know that I'm not an idiot, <laughs> but I could not, if, if America was discovered in 1850, I would be like, yep, that sounds right. I, I be seriously, so American well, history would be great. I don't think you need to know dates to know like the, how the theory that we're discussing. Yeah. It's, we're not discussing necessarily specific events. Oh, right. I'm down. That's so great. let's do American cause that would be the easiest thing. Yeah. Me, I think cause... that's a great. A great parameter to set. Okay. So, we're talking the foundation of America. Of America. These United States, if you will. So, part one is, should the past, so should America's past, influence our future? Start ignition sequence. Start ignition sequence, baby. How has the world changed from the beginning of the parameter that we set, which is the beginning of the United States? He didn't know what we were going to choose. So, it's like a branching time. Is he like... DM right now? Yeah, it is. Yeah. You think that I wrote that quote for me, but it was always going to be you. So just generally, how has the world changed? Not just the country. You're talking, how has the world changed since the beginning of the United States? So 300 years-ish. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. We all know. <laughs> Jake knows for right. sure. A lot. Pretty, pretty radically. Yeah. Especially more so even in the last hundred years uh, because of the advancement of technology. Right. Everything has kind of... That's the big one. Impacted and... The world is smaller. It's quote. sped up as well. Like technological advances are building upon the previous one. And sure. when a major stride through is made with like computing, it just like sped it up exponentially mm-hmm. and continues to be that way. 
you're starting to see the things that people talked about 50 years ago as like, man, in the year 3000, we're going to have things like glasses that have computer screens on them Mm -hmm. and like all that kind of stuff. You're starting to see some of that stuff actually happen because of how rapidly technology has advanced. Yeah. Like you go back a hundred years and cars were barely a thing. Yeah, sure. Obviously the three of us are all Christians. So we kind of look at history in a different way than maybe some other people do. Well, let's pivot to Jake and let me rephrase the question a little bit. Do you think it's changed for the better or for the worse? Or is it neutral? Is it just on a line of up and down, but maybe over the arc, it's going to be, it's going to hit the point of where it started. You know, it's like, what do you, (laughs) (laughs) yes. Do you want me to call Do you want me to call in a different student? No. (laughs) Um, yeah, I think the, the hard thing about, well, the interesting thing about the Christian worldview is that in theory, it will never be getting better. I mean, it has to get to the point of... It depends on your perspective on... See, I have a different perspective on end of time stuff than you do. Eschatological stuff? Yes. Well, I guess it doesn't matter what you think's going to happen. Eventually, uh, I mean, I, as far as I understand it, Christ is coming back because it's unsalvageable, and that's how I interpret the text. So whether or not you think he's actually coming back in physical form or is he going to, you know, whatever. But so in my opinion, it's, yeah, I just don't think it's going to be getting better big picture. Um, And that doesn't change how you treat people day to day. Obviously that that's the biggest thing is if, if you think that this is inevitable, then you need to be doing everything you can actually. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that the world is getting worse since the American founding. Sure. Is that the right term? Definitely. Um, in it, a lot of that is the technological thing. It's well, okay. Well, back in the day we were the only ones that had nukes. Well, now we don't even sure. freaking know who has nukes <clears throat> and right. now everyone doesn't trust everyone. And then now you can know that these guys just, you know, the leader just met with this leader because someone got a picture right. of it and tweeted it on the internet. And well, I mean, it's just so reactionary. Everything is, and you saw that, hugely during the Trump presidency. It's like he was reacting to everything all the time. And that was the first president right. really where, because Obama had Twitter, but it wasn't, he never ran it. Right. A it lot of a, people don't know that. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was never. Yeah. So it was really the first time you had a world leader reacting to everything all the time. And so it's like, mm-hmm. you know, I think since the founding of America, the world has just shrunk, like I said, because of technology and the hearts of people will always be greedy. Yep. They will always want power. They will always want influence. They will all, you know, and so mm-hmm. I think that that has just grown, you know. Sure. I don't mean to jump outside of our parameters, but uh, I am the professor. So I, I would only add, I think to, I think you're right. I think overall the timeline, if you zoom out even further, it is on a downslope. Mm-hmm. Uh See, I disagree. It might be on the same slope because here's what here's what you've got in terms of. It, I guess it depends on what you determine as a good direction or a bad direction. I think you see. I think you see it in slopes. Like you see empires come into existence, like America. Mm-hmm. You see them rocket because when it becomes an empire, it rockets right. up. Right. I mean, you're talking prosperity and 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 
peace and good times, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, that's what people value. Right. <clears throat> and that was at a peak in the twenties and the thirties. Yeah. And then I think you've got every empire before has hit a point of where it turns into more depravity, turns into more, um, indulgence. It turns into yeah. more over, overindulgence really. Um, and I think we're getting to that point. I think, mm-hmm. I think that's where we're, it's really hard because we've been alive for 30 years. Yeah. You know, it's mm-hmm. like we, we don't get to see even 300 years of this country, you know, in person. What are some landmark moments in our in our nation's, um, let's say for humanity? For humanity as a whole, what are some landmark moments inside of this country's existence? Yeah. Well, I think the the founding of this country is one of them uh before the u.s you didn't have a country based on the idea of liberty being inherent full freedom in in the people not in the government deciding your liberties sure um and our founding documents were put in place to try and restrict the federal government and government from imposing on your liberties right as opposed to them granting them to you mm-hmm. and before the u.s never happened right that had that was a completely new mm-hmm. concept um new country just dropped dude check it out <laughs> you see it um yeah because i mean it's undeniable government is a necessity like yes it has to exist government is a structure needs to happen so yes. how do you wiggle into that you know, like you're saying, I mean, I think that's absolutely right. Yeah. I mean, that's the first time that a governmental structure has been based in that, in that way. And so along those lines, kind of in response to what you guys were saying, I, I have a exactly like polar opposite view than you do on this, Jake. So the way I see the Bible teaching history from here on out is that Christianity is going to continue to spread throughout the world. There are more Christians alive on the planet today than have ever lived before. Christian in title. Yes. Sure. But the Christian faith has never been more pervasive in the world. Mm -hmm. It's never been spread more. Our pastor the other day used the example of like, there's farmers in rice patties in Asia listening to sermons from halfway around the world on their headphones. Mm-hmm. And so the gospel has never been farther. I, I think, and we're not obviously going to get into the, the scriptures and all of that stuff because we just don't have time, but I have a perspective essentially that that also doesn't mean that the world is better. Let me get there. Hang okay. On. I don't believe revelation is talking about the future. That's the biggest linchpin at the fall of Israel. Night in 70 AD. Classic. Yes. Heard this one before. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I believe Revelation's talking about 70 AD. There's a lot of stuff about that. But if that's the case, if it's not in the future, then I don't believe the future is a negative thing because I think we are living in 
the church age where the church continues to grow. It says it'll start as a mustard seed and become a mountain that fills the world. Mm -hmm. And I think we're seeing to tie this back in. I think the birth of the United States is a high point on the slopes that you're talking about. It's a high point. We've never had a country for humanity, for humanity. We've never had a country founded on a biblical principle, essentially. And, generally christian ideals we've never had that before and for a while it worked very very well and in principle it still works but there's always ups and downs but if you zoom out and really look at history it's going up the quality of life has never been better on the planet people yes people are still sinful and depraved but the quality of life has never been better in terms of more people have food. There's hunger in the world is going down and wealth of the world is going up as well. Like just general wealth. Mm -hmm. Poverty is going down around the world as technology advances. So it's not a straight line up. Don't get right. me wrong. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I think it's like the best analogy I heard. A that pastor, would be unreasonable to expect sure. that. Uh, the best analogy I heard a pastor describe it as, it's like you're climbing a mountain, literally, and there's ups and downs on the mountain as you mm -hmm. go, and some are way deep and some right. are really high. So Yeah, I think it depends on how you define, because I think there's a really strong tie between like really high quality of life and and the no, you no longer need God. The yes. The depravity of man. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it's like, the more wealthy the world will get, it's like, yes, more people are alive. What's what's your value in in life? Sure. Like, what is your... And I think we're seeing a yeah. correction of that because of that very thing. Yes, the depravity is becoming more and more apparent, and that's why you're starting to see people splitting away from each other. Is mm -hmm. It can almost be divided down lines of Christian and non-Christian. Almost. In terms of the sides that are fighting with each other right now are holding on to more traditional values versus... Specifically in this country. Is specifically in this country, yes. But mm -hmm. it ha it's happening around the world as well. Real quick, what are... Can we get some other specific landmarks during... Yeah, I was, sorry. I, yeah, I was just going to... I mean, the two really that pop up in my mind in World War One and World War Two, but that's not really a for humanity. I mean, it's, as, as someone who didn't live through them, I could say that. I guess yes. that would be my opinion, and it might well, be wrong. Well, you could even you could even say for your own. I life. think the Great Depression is a great okay. is yep. a absolute. I mean, I think we're still feeling the ramifications of the Great Depression. Uh, the whole the whole ideal of like making a happy plate when you're eating dinner is from our parents sure. that grew up from their parents because their parents lived through the great depression. And then they told our parents, you aren't going to waste any food. Yeah. And then that's, we're still feeling that ramification. Sure. Mm -hmm. So I'd say the great depression more than, um, one of the world wars, I guess would be personally, but sure. I'm sure I'm affected by that in a way I don't understand yeah. too. But, um, that would be one that I would say as for I would humanity. agree with World War II for us. World War II was way more impactful for the U.S. than World War One was. You go to Europe and hmm. World War One stuff is everywhere because it impacted them way harder than it did us. The landscape, literally. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. the memorials in Europe are almost... They're not almost all, but a lot of them are for World War One. It's still called the Great War there. Hmm. And because millions upon millions died. Hmm. Um, 
but yeah, I think I think World War II shaped the modern world. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the abolition of slavery is mm, has to yeah. be mentioned. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's one of them. I was trying um, to get from World War One, which is like what fifteen, fourteen, mm-hmm. sort of in there, and then the forties, yeah. World War Two, right after the Great Depression, right, and then slavery's probably sixties, right, fifties, mm-hmm. sixties. 1860s slavery yeah yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah. 1860s okay and then i mean really before well then we're for that you're talking just colonialism essentially yeah yeah um but i think those yeah i agree i think those four let's say the abolition of slavery world war one and world war two and the great depression Mm -hmm. the industrial revolution probably is in there but that's right in right in line with yeah the world wars i mean that's tea party it's part of the founding. Yeah, that's what I figured. I, you could roll it into the yeah. the uh, rebellion, if yeah. you will. Yeah. yeah. Revolution. Yeah. The only other thing I was going to say is the fall of the British Empire. It's really the last. Sure. The oh, British after. Empire and the Soviet Union, the fall of those things globally. Mm-hmm. Were, that's old world ending. Yes. Essentially. Yeah. yeah. The space race. Uh, okay. Realizing that maybe there's something more out there. Yeah. yeah. We hadn't realized then, I, I guess, maybe. I don't yeah. know. And that even falls into the fall of the Soviet mm-hmm. Union, too. Yeah. That's the that's the hard thing with history is, like, so many things are connected to each other and impact each other. <clears throat> Real quick, we can just talk about history, how... <laughs> huh? We're going to win him over. History. We're winning him over. How have those specific things affected us now? Like, right now, 2022... What are we doing right now? What is, as Americans, as a people, what are we pushing for right now? I mean, how is that? Can you tie it back to any one of those things or a couple of them? The first one that came to mind is the space race because I'm literally using internet now from yeah a product of the space race. Right. Like, mm. I mean, that's yeah. insane. Yeah. Right. Just the, the, the way that low orbiting stuff has affected the way we do everything, mm-hmm. the way that the internet has affected the way we do everything because everything's so connected yeah. above our heads, literally, you know. It's so. it's easily the most impactful invention of yeah. potentially the last, I mean, I, 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 I don't even know how far wheel. back you could go back. Like the internet and computing. Yeah completely revolutionized Which, so that would be the industrial life. revolution that would be how that's affecting us right yep um for sure like i said the great depression still has ramifications for us mm-hmm. um i think our parents don't they they see that we don't understand scarcity at all yeah mm-hmm. and i think that especially with things that are happening now that could be a real problem for people our age yeah. that aren't thinking about scarcity well, I think, and I think managing resources like yeah. realistically. I think it's affected people in the inverse of what you're saying. I think it also has affected people that way. I just mean, so the people that grew up in the teens and 20s that went through the Great Depression, so they had children, mm-hmm. right? Those are our parents. Yeah. If you go through the Great Depression your natural instinct is to make sure that doesn't happen for your children, right? Yeah. And then those people pass that down to make sure it doesn't happen for their children. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, I was watching, I think it was uh, Seinfeld. I think it was a Comedians in Cars. And he was saying, we were the first generation that had a childhood. Hmm. And they thought, that's pretty good. 
we're going to perfect that. Yeah. Mm. And that's what they've given to our generation. And so, yeah, that's absolutely so it's right. affected the great depression has affected, I think people in a negative way, but a positive way in saying like, we have more as 30 year old men right now than people had in the teens and twenties for their entire life, for their entire life. Then, and, yeah. and, and that's yeah. a byproduct of love from our families. Mm. Well, if you think about the greatest generation, the one that went to World War II, they were children. He put it in the... quotes because he doesn't believe it. Right. No, <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> they went to uh, the moon. They absolutely <laughs> were. Uh, they went through the Depression as children. And then when yeah. war came around, they had seen their fathers go to world or war during World War One, And then they joined up. The young men of the world and in the U.S. joined up and fought for the ability to have the childhood in yeah, the future. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. That generation that went through the Depression built the lives that we have today. For and sure. it's on us that a lot of our generation is squandering the opportunity. Mm. Yeah. We, I agree. We find things to be upset about because hard we don't have... Hard work is really hard to find. We don't mm. have conflict in our oh, lives. I agree. Yes. And we make up things to be upset about. Sure. Um, it was just self-indulgence. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And I, yeah, I, I'm, one of the most revealing things, like, uh, it's interesting how little you know about, like, your parents lives you mm -hmm. know and that's what's so great about and i don't mean you i mean like no yeah for sure the royal we um blake crouch's book recursion is it, it was so eye-opening to me because there's just a little line in there and it's like i realized that i'll never see my parents in the prime of their lives and i was just like just like blew me away and so i was just trying to do a better job of like learning my parents stories and uh so i asked my dad i was like what did you like did you want to be an engineer when you got out of college, you know, like, I know you got your degree and stuff. It's like, but what, what'd you want to do? And he's like, well, I mean, we didn't really think about that. Like, yeah. I got a job. I went and got a job Yeah, and I stayed there for 30 years. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, yeah, it's, it's just like, you're realizing like, and then, you know, I talked to Natty about it all the time too. It's like, and then they continued to do that for 30 years. So we could dick around and have a podcast in our free time. Yeah. It's mm. insane. Yeah. And it's like your parents and my parents and everyone's parents that just like planned and loved and methodically lived their lives before we were even there. Mm -hmm. Right. It's like, I mean, they, my parents, my dad lived very like frugally before I was even a thought because he knew I want to give my kids this life that, you know, I right. sort of had, yeah. which is just crazy. Yeah. And so it's like, I was talking to Keller about that the other day, like, do you think anybody's super passionate about like aluminum siding or, you know, right. like yeah. Yeah. tile business? It's like people in the industrial revolution is like, you just did whatever it took. Mm -hmm. Like to, and I think. What do you want to do for a living? Wasn't a. Right. It was just, yeah. you're taking over this family business or you're going to war. That's why yeah. I love the show Dirty Jobs is because it's people with that mentality. Hmm. They're doing jobs that nobody wants to do nobody wants to do right. but they have to get done right yeah and these people love what they do because it's it what, gives them life yes it's <laughs> it's they know it has to get done and they understand the value of working hard yeah and 
I even know I struggle with it myself. Like, sure. Like not wanting to work hard hmm. is very natural to certain. And so, yeah. If the cult, it takes an enormous amount of self-control mm-hmm. and you have to cultivate your own environment to make you. Yeah. I think a lot of it is on who you're around too. For sure. Yeah. Cause it's like that for sure. There are days like that, but I, I have a great boss that mm-hmm. creates an environment for me at work that makes me more apt to work hard. Yeah. I have people in my band that make me more apt to want to work hard. Yeah. I have you guys that are doing stuff for the podcast when I'm not doing stuff, you know, it's like, it's this yeah. syncopated yeah. workflow and so echo, yeah. echo chamber of yeah. yeah because if i was left to my own devices i mean i remember when i graduated college i was like i don't have to do anything yeah yeah i mean i vegged out i mean if three months did absolutely nothing because right. i was like i go to work and then I can just that's do whatever it I want. that's it yeah. i mean think you know? about we spend 22 years of our lives not determining what we do day to day yeah it's determined by school yeah or our parents. systems yeah yeah and then they go, here you go. And you sit on your couch and you watch TV and yeah. play Xbox. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's a good transition. I mean, the next part is, um, it's more personal, uh, zooming in on you guys and me. I can send you the link, the zoom link. If you guys, no problem. Can. Let's yeah. zoom with, uh, who we got on the line. Let's see. We've got the owner of Monday. <laughs> I don't know. Chris, what's up, Chris? Uh, so the question is, does your own personal past influence your present and future? Or are we always making like spontaneous decisions based on only like current stimuli? I think much more now about the decisions I make than I used to because I look back on my life now and see how every little decision I made led me to where I am now. And yes, that's like kind of a duh statement, but like if I had not... It's when you start thinking, if I hadn't done X, then this wouldn't have happened. Like, if I hadn't moved to California, I wouldn't have gone to work at a camp. I wouldn't have gone to Europe. I wouldn't have then come back to work at a camp where I eventually met Met my wife. wife. And and then I wouldn't have moved back here with you guys, probably. And I'm not using my watch. You Um, wouldn't be using your watch. I wouldn't be using my watch. But no, like, all of those chain reaction things inform the decisions i make now because i i understand how important it is Mm. i think the also the experiences that we go through just inform so much of how we behave i think more forward i guess than i used to Mm -hmm. because i see the chain that happened that was so crazy and yeah i don't i don't know it's a it's a lot to think about it's a deep topic yeah i mean i think that most before i let jake go on it I think you're right. I mean, the answer is obvious. Obviously, your past affects you. Yeah. But it's like, how often do you actually think about it? And can we dissect it a little bit? Like, yeah. what do you think, Jake? What- well, I think if if we're doing what we did with, for the for humanity, right? I think there are a few instances in my life that sent them on different courses. And right. I, I can think of one. A week after I turned 16, I flipped my truck and... I was probably three inches away from like being impaled by the frame of the door, you know, and like, and I flipped it and rolled it. And I mean, I, so my dad told me probably 
few months ago when we were talking about it. And he's like, you changed, like, you don't know it, but you changed a lot, like, after that. He's like, you, you just weren't, like, the same goofy kid that you were before. Like, it, you changed a lot. And a lot of 16-year-olds don't have an experience like that and walk away from it. And yeah. then that's just... Uh, and it literally, I mean, it was the same road. It was like a mile past where uh, Brooke Huff, who was in my class, went off the same road. Mm -hmm. Chance had it that she hit a tree and I didn't. Yeah. And it was just like, right. I, it's literally unbelievable that I, I could not believe that I walked away. And uh, so I think that had, that's shaped who I am completely sure. because I, a lot of 16 year olds don't get a, they don't get a wake up call that they walk away from, unfortunately. And, yeah. and shaping you in ways that you, like your dad said, you didn't even yeah. know some of it. Yeah. You know, I knew that I could die at any moment, but it came a reality very quickly. For sure. Yeah. And, uh, so I think, you know, I lost a lot of friends in high school because of, you know, I became very, this is what I want to do and this is who I'm going to invest in, you know? And so, yeah. you know, relationships like frayed and they fell off sure. and, you know, which I was okay with. I just kind of turned into like sort of like a dick, I guess, but very sure of himself, which a lot of 16 year olds just aren't They're Yeah. They're going to parties because that's what their friends are doing. They're sure. doing this because that's what their friends are. And it's like, that's, I, I stopped doing anything that wasn't, I thought, you know, right or whatever. And I wasn't perfect. I'm just saying, you know, um, so that was a, that's a huge one. I think, um, things had more meaning for you. Yeah. And I think choosing not to go to Missouri state, cause I was going to go to Missouri state and study film with Wes or music production or something and decided to stay here in town. Cause my brother was coming back from Iowa and we were going to play basketball at Ozark together. So that's a huge one. Cause mm -hmm. I don't even know where I'd be if I moved to Springfield with you. you know, I have no idea. Um, so that one is another big one. I think, Currently, I might be in the middle of one because I thought I was going to die. So that would—that's yeah. interesting. Because um, I knew that I knew that you could get in a car crash or whatever. But I was telling Natty the other day, I was like, I never had the idea that eventually my body will fail. Yeah. And it's like you can do all the things right, like, and eventually your body's going to fail. For and sure. And it's like, dang. I mean, that's uh -huh. crazy. It's just yeah. in inevitable. And so. Right. Um, yeah, I think I might this these two months after my thirtieth birthday might be like this. Maybe thing a second. That, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Yeah. It's interesting. But yeah, I I would say obviously. I do think the decisions from my past affect sure. how I decide things now, sure. I guess. Yeah. I was just I had this thought as I was writing that because I wanted to hear your guys' answers more than anything else, rather than start a discussion. Something. Do you have any? Definitely. Yeah. I mean, the biggest part of my past is watershed moments is, uh, is one long moment. And, uh, I was the biggest part of my life was given to a relationship, uh, a romantic relationship. And it was, you mean one long moment in like eight this, years long yes, this thing. of okay. the most gotcha. formative years of my life. Yeah, literally for sure. Um, you're fused to this other person, uh, and that's affected every decision i've made and since then yeah it's either glass half empty half full kind of thing where it's like do those things affect you positively or negatively and it's like you can i feel like you can only choose to believe that they affect you positively right i mean if otherwise you're just going backwards or you're um 
I don't know. Maybe in a way, if you choose to think that, you dwell on it less. Yeah. Because you're like, at least I'm blah, blah, blah. Right. Yeah. Um, but that's less of the discussion I want to have. Is like, can you apply that exercise to the first discussion of does our past as people, as a, as a people, influence our future? And because when you zoom in and make it personal, it's really easy to say, well, yeah, absolutely. Mm. I mean, the decisions that I made or Jake made or you made um, definitely affect yeah. what I, they may affect what I'm choosing to eat today. I have no idea. You know what I mean? So can you, can you apply that to what our original parameter was versus the United States? I think, I think you see that in a lot of ways where people won't let go of the past to a point where it is unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I absolutely agree that history matters in the sense that we can learn from the past as a country and make adjustments and move forward from things that have happened in the past that have not been good, right. you know, but at a certain point collectively, we have to learn from them and move forward. You see people that want to couch the blame for things that have happened in the past on people today Uh, with you see in the racial talk that happens nowadays you want there's people wanting to blame all all white people for slavery Mm -hmm. it's like none of us alive today had slaves so like there's too far that you can take it to a point where it's living in the past to the point where you're not even looking at the state of reality. Mm. You know what I mean? What would you say to the people on the opposite side of that, that are trying to hold on to like the constitution where it's like, Mm, what, what makes you think, what makes those people wrong in saying we, the constitution must be a living document, you know? As long as it's not an antithesis to something that's already on the Constitution, is right. that basically... Uh, y- yeah, I think there's a difference because, well, the two things we're talking about here, if we're comparing slavery to in the Constitution and the people that latch on to that event that happened, is with the Constitution, nobody's trying to blame somebody for and make some people pay for something in the like the constitution is more of a uh philosophical idea that we're basing our government systems on mm-hmm. you know what i mean and people can people make arguments about the constitution being i was gonna say i think it's been amended for the better yes in certain areas right i am so, i am not against the constitution being amended when it needs to be yeah i don't think you should do it willy-nilly sure and i think yep. people want to just like rip things out of the constitution left and right yeah uh but I think that's a good example of and, learning from your past. And also, like, it's not... that's An amendment is learning from your past. But also, you know? the amendments have never been taking something out of the Constitution. They've been adding a stipulation to the Constitution to ensure more liberty for people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, I, think, I think there's living in the past on both sides. Like, I think the idea of the Constitution needs to be exactly what was originally written and nothing else, I don't agree with. Mm-hmm. But... But the more specific you get, the more specific you get. Meaning, yeah. right when you write one more law, that means that anything that it didn't cover mm-hmm. is now not covered. Because when you write a general law, everything's covered. 
and then you get more specific and then people start getting siphoned off. And the problem with doing all of this stuff is like, by what standard are we all measuring this? Like anything that's right or wrong, you have to go based on what? Yeah. And for us, it's obviously the Bible. We point to that as the foundational thing that guides us morally as a people that that tells us what is right and wrong. Yep. And if you don't have something like that, yeah. it can become completely arbitrary. And you're, it's a good and you're point pu- in it. And you're pulled by history. You're pulled by yeah. anything. Well, that's the thing is it brings us to the third part of this, which is how reliable is our history, which has been a huge... Mm-hmm. I think this is a, a huge... This is kind of the reason I wanted to do the conversation is I think in recent time, people have just become so questionable about their history what their government's telling them mm-hmm. like especially in the united states yeah. i think so how do you believe anyone anymore is essentially what i'm getting at like yeah what are the factors you need to see to believe a recorded event happened for sure so is that witnesses is it hard copy photographic evidence what do you the Determine. crazy thing is, it doesn't matter because it's different for other people. You can have a video of something happening, and everybody has different opinions on what actually happened in the video. Yeah, and sure. that's insane. But that's what perspective is. Yeah. Like the idea of perspective is so powerful mm-hmm. that it can ta- it can taint and obscure everything that we see. So it's it's really hard, but. Again, I I kind of go by what standard, and our justice system is based on biblical law, and you have to have two witnesses at least for something to even be considered. It doesn't mean it's true if there are two witnesses, but you have to have that as a bare minimum to even consider something as valid. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just the base level starting point. Witness, like People need to have seen it, and then, like you look at accounts from guys from tell the truth. Yeah, yeah. And you look at a guy at accounts from guys in World War II. Uh-huh. Like you read a Stephen Ambrose book or something about what these guys did over there, and there, I do think people were more truthful pre-internet because there's nothing People can justify lying now a little bit more yeah there's no there's no goal in lying about stuff that you did in the war a lot of those guys in the war didn't talk about it just because they didn't want to deal sure. with it but there's no go- now you can lie about yourself or lie about something that happened to you to get attention mm-hmm. from everyone in the entire world because it's out there for everybody to see mm-hmm. so i think I think history, I don't feel like I have a problem believing historical stuff up until the last, like, 40 years when internet and media really started getting going and twisting things. Yep. So much, I mean, this kind of deals with your next question, but, like, so much of this has... Well, let, let's let Jake answer sorry, that first yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't... I, After yeah. watching the X-Files... No, no I mean, uh, there's a... I went down... Uh, Mrs. Uh, I can't remember her name. She taught English at CJ for like two years when we were in... I was a freshman and sophomore. And uh, McKenzie, Mrs. McKenzie? 
That sounds right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, she made a joke one day in class, and she joked about Tupac still being alive. And I was like, what are you talking about? We talked about it, and she was like, yeah, there's a conspiracy, and he's still, still alive. And I was like, but he's dead. <laughs> she, was like, she was like, well, the, the thing is, and then told me. And I couldn't People believe, can just believe stuff? I couldn't, I couldn't <laughs> believe it. And so I was, like, I was like, okay. And so I went down, and there's a rabbit hole that you can do the same thing for DMX. And sure. this was before DMX had died, obviously. But DMX was huge, early 2000s. Rap star, I mean, like, huge. And just disappeared. I mean, not disappeared, but fell off of everything. Every record label, blah, blah, blah. And the theory is that he became a Christian in the higher-ups in the music industry and the people that control all the money and all the... At the time, the videos and stuff, they just didn't want anything to do with him, erased him, said he was addicted to drugs, said that he was, like, killing people, said that he was, like, murdering women or whatever. They said all this stuff about him, and so everyone was like, yeah, that's true, obviously. No one likes DMX anymore, and then he was just gone. And uh, so I watched an interview with him when he was in prison for all this stuff that he didn't do, and he's like, let me tell you something. And he just like looks at the camera and he's like, don't believe everything you hear. Don't believe everything you hear. Don't believe everything you read. And only believe half of what you see. And I was like, that's insane. And I still feel like that's true. I watched this video on Twitter and uh, it was this kid. It was this little kid and he's on the balcony of, it looks like a hotel or whatever. And there's like a highway underneath and, you know, and he's like, He's on the outside of the, the railing. And he's like, hmm? And then they deconstruct the video, and he's on the side of a pool. They put the railing in the video, and then they green screened the highway. I mean, it's insane. Yeah. The kid is just like shuffling along the edge of a pool, and it literally looks like he's hanging on the side of a, a hotel. It was unbelievable. Yep. Actually unbelievable. And... So I don't know. It's really hard to be like, well, if I can't find this same thing or this same piece of information or this same perspective from seven other people that aren't affiliated at all, I'm I'm not even going to give it the time. It's basically corroboration is pretty much the only thing that could. Because I think it's that it's that easy. It's that I mean we could put your we could put Tom Cruise's face on you this entire episode and we could be like oh my gosh guys we got Tom Cruise right. on this podcast is not I mean it's it's yeah. crazy especially video and photography is so, technology so that's so the thing it's like, now yeah um, so anyway I don't know what to believe I don't know what I think about what to believe well that's a, I mean that's my next point is why do we find it so hard to believe a, so difficult to believe a story or I think it all has to do with postmodernism. Postmodernism. What's that like? The rise of individualism. No, postmodernism is the the problem with it is it's so hard to define in a concise way. It's essentially. Let me pretend I didn't ask. It's essentially. Why do you? Why? Why a, do you feel that postmodernism? It's essentially deconstructing everything. The idea that nothing is true, mm. like actually true. And everything can be questioned. Mm. Literally everything. Objectivity's gone. uh, Yes. The idea that your truth is actually true. Oh, yeah. Like that kind of thing all stems from postmodernism. And it's it started academically. Right. Like just critical thinking of 
things, which is fine if you're critically analyzing something. Everyone thought they were Einstein. But it gets to a point where you're deconstructing reality to a point where nobody knows what to believe anymore because everyone thinks something different. And the logical next step, live in the metaverse. And then you know it's all fake, baby. You don't have to worry about anything. Does the further away event happens from where we are right now affect how believable it is or affect how factual something can be perceived, let's say? To me, it doesn't have to do with how far away the event actually was. To me, it has to do with the context of the environment that the event happened in. Like like a soundstage, like the moon landing or something? <laughs> exactly. Like, I mean, you've got Kubrick behind that camera. It's like, what? <laughs> Pre-modern technology, I think the postmodern thing had not exploded penetrated yeah. all of everything so people weren't doing that they were just saying like this is what happened mm-hmm. as opposed to now was it actually what happened or is that what you is that what i just thought happened mm-hmm. what did i think happened as opposed to yeah. what actually happened how did i feel about what happened mm-hmm. that's what happened like people weren't doing that like you talk to someone from that generation, like 40s and before, like our our grandparents, grandparents. or whatever, and they're like, what do you mean? It happened. Like, wh- why are you questioning X, Y, and Z? They don't think that way because it's just the events that happened. Mm. Now, could there be some grand conspiracies going on at that time? I suppose so. But I think... The advent of postmodernism and technology together have really like just torn apart what we can believe, you know. Yeah. And I think that's tied into events. So sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, you look at like the conspiracy theories now with things like Epstein or or uh, Russia and Trump. Wayfair. And, or what? Remember when everyone thought Wayfair was. Oh, yeah, because that thing popped up on their website or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You have all of these things, and there's evidence to to support it. But Mm -hmm. there's also another side that says, no, that's all bullcrap. So, like, the more recent something happened, because of the era that we're living in, I think it's actually less believable. uh, I think it's less believable, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Interesting. Guys, let's have fun. Ready? Lightning round. We're going to have fun. Okay. Okay? I've had a blast this we, whole time. We've been talking in the history. We're going to play a game. That's serious. Yeah. It's like, we figured it out. Postmodernism, I know what it is. Definitely. You're an idiot because <laughs> you don't. 1850. Yes. It's slavery. Uh, okay. So, if you could live your life starting at any one year... In any one location on Earth, what would it be, and where would you be? I'm born. It says you live your life. So let's just say you're in your you're thirty years old. In whatever in this year, year, at whatever location I choose. At whatever location. Selfishly, I'd like to be thirty at the rap battle that Eminem lost, where Doc, <laughs> where where yeah, where Dr. Dre saw him. I love it and signed him. I love it. How is that selfish? <laughs> because it's an inherently I think, selfish yeah, question. I think all of it is. <laughs> the answer you do. Well, is it a shouldn't selfish. be a selfish question, right? It's like, well, if I could go back and 
change this or that. It's like, well, really, I... Oh, that's boring. If I did that, then maybe... Oh, no, you're not changing anything. It's just you're living in this time, essentially. Yeah, I know. Okay. But I would change do we my have, life. Do we have the knowledge that we have now going back into time? Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, that would be So great. we're time traveling. That would be good. Um, yeah. Actually, no. <laughs> you don't have the knowledge. I'd probably you're choose something different. You're just living your life then. I'd probably choose something different. Then. You wouldn't just be a bystander like you'd happen to be living there and be super into rap. And like, I'm just going to go to this rap battle. I think living in the era of having pride in what you do and where you come from would be really cool to live in. I think I'd like to be like mid thirties when we land on the moon. Mm-hmm. I think I'd probably go back to 65 or something. There's just, there's no, I've always loved the fifties. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of the post-war era yeah. where things were pretty good. Looking yes. Up. The cold war was going on, mm-hmm. but we had established ourselves as the predominant superpower in the world and life in the U S was pretty solid mm-hmm. uh, obviously there was problems still we haven't had the civil rights movement yet at that point um, but I think it'd be cool to be around in the 50s and and to see that change that happened into the 1960s like I think a lot of stuff happened in the 1960s that led to terrible things today um, dude I'd be younger than you if we met dude that would be crazy wait let me dial mine up real quick if oh. you were 30 in the 50s yeah. and I was 30 in 40 in the 60s. Yeah. That's crazy. Mine's the 20s. The roaring 20s? Go back, hear some of that roar. I'm sure I had a good answer before. This was whenever I wrote the outline. I probably had one and I forgot to write it down. But I would say... It's like I, my friend, that is history. It's exactly right. Zing! Next... Okay, uh, I would say the twenties. I, I, the American twenties have always been interesting to me, just to see, you know, the golden age of Hollywood and and um, the beginning of it. I guess um, the you could move out to California and buy a house for five dollars. I think seeing that and make it was bank. still. A, I mean, we're still a new nation, but even a newer nation than like yeah. I think would have been. And a relatively new area too, if you're in California. Yeah, yeah. You could go back and buy a house I would, for five. I didn't say where on mine. I'm sorry. I would say I would say Chicago. I like, I love the city of Chicago, and I think that era of Chicago would be pretty cool. I'd go out to LA and buy a house for five dollars. Yeah, I would say if I'm going twenties, I've got to go Los Angeles. Uh, okay. The second question is this. Who is the most influential human being to ever live? Jesus. Jesus doesn't count. I wrote it right here. Oh, dang. Um, Jesus doesn't count. Because he's, he's fully God. Because he's the answer. Him. Okay. Abraham Lincoln. To ever live. Influential? The most influential person to ever the live. The argument could also be made for Hitler, I think. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if we're okay. saying that World War II... It's not necessarily his world. ideas influence things, but him just being alive influenced the direction of the world. Yeah. I think it's Napoleon. I think people don't think about Napoleon enough. They don't realize how much that time and that conquest mm-hmm. affected the rest of the world forever, essentially. He's Hitler before Hitler and without the... Okay racial genocide i don't think <laughs> yeah i don't i don't know enough about napoleon that 
to say that he definitively didn't genocide <laughs> people. Racist, but yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of Columbus, super racist, so racist. But he discovered America. Yeah. Um, I want to say Thomas Jefferson is pretty up there, just the architect of the founding documents of the U.S. Lightning. All right, I get it. Yeah, lightning. That's he gets it. It's been Franklin he's, Jake. It's, he's so, it's, since it's history, he's not sure if I said it on purpose or if I said it. On yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Last question. This is the last question of the whole okay. cast, guys. If you could go back into your own life and change one thing that you did, what would it be? As insignificant or significant as you like. For me, let me start off. I have this weird thing. I was a I was probably like eight years old and I remember we were friends with our neighbors. This is gonna blow us's mind. The Kolkmeyers. I don't know if you remember <laughs> there they lived right down the street. Uh-huh. I was really good friends with Dane Kolkmeyer. <laughs> Dane. And I remember we were just playing in his yard one day. And I can't tell you why. I have no idea why. I just picked up a stick and threw it in his direction. And it smoked him right in the head. And we never hung out again. Dude, it's crazy. Like, I don't know why every once in a while I just get like just a tinge of that, that memory. Wow. And it's like you're eight years old. It's like you're not a human. You can't have, like, I wasn't in control of my... Brain. Decisions, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. So even as insignificant as that, like, do you I have mean, one? the the thing. I think about moments. I would change it. I would throw it harder. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, I just think about moments similarly where you just say something super stupid, mm. and yeah, that's, that's like, kind of the same feeling ugh. for sure. And. There's so many of those. I don't know if I could pick one in particular. And some of them are, like, so embarrassing that you don't want to, like, talk about it, really. Um, but, um... Yeah, Jake, do you have I one? I don't know. I think I would just go back to high school and try harder. I think uh, I would do that. And everything. I think I yeah. would... <clears throat> I think I, I that. took it pretty easy, like, yeah. in basketball which is a big regret because my dad the whole time is like, you go from playing in front of 300 people a day to five people that are waiting to play at the rec, like yeah. in a day it changes, right. you know, and I played at Ozark. It just wasn't the same because you don't grow up with those people. But, mm-hmm. um, obviously I didn't really try in school. I think I'm okay with that decision. I think I had priorities higher than that. And I think that's fine. Um, even like jets in high school now and stuff. And I'm like, you, should learn for sure, but you realize that almost everything you do from now on will won't matter about whether you got an A minus or an A. I mean, if you want to go to Harvard, you better get an A. But you know, and so I think that I'm okay. Even with the that, stuff you're learning is much different than the exactly. usable stuff in yeah. your life. You yeah. Know? So I think I'd try harder. I just in general actually like that. this might surprise you guys. I would probably not get a film degree. I would study film on my own because mm. the majority of what I have learned about film production has not been from college. I was going to say, I, and that's on your point too. I think, I think now, especially after 
the after the 90s when you could f- google something or the 2000s it's like that changed the way people learn things I, you don't have to yeah. go to harvard to get mm, a great education i would not have gone to missouri state and i wouldn't have gone a, gotten a film degree i would have still pursued filmmaking right but i should have got it through my skull at the time that i didn't need a film degree to try and make it in film mm. production because some of the great filmmakers of all time didn't go to film school and they're fine, you know? So, uh, yeah, I probably wouldn't have done that. I would have gotten something that would be useful in case the film stuff had not happened because my electrician, I don't know, (laughs) teacher or teaching or writing Uh or something, something more, applicable to other aspects of life Mm. because my problem now is now that i have decided to not do film production i've been blessed that i have an opportunity to work for a company that's cool like mjt but jobs around here for people that have a film degree are like nothing yeah i found one and it was okay yeah uh but hey man it's never too late to start go to night school get a new one no oh uh (laughs) anyways but yeah that would probably be my my well there you have it everybody we've emptied our drinks kind of mostly uh we've emptied our hearts we've emptied our minds we've emptied our friendship we've emptied our friendship this is it this is so it's been fun um i'm jake i think you could say that our friendship is history i'm uh, I'm jake and i have to pee Jake has to pee. I am Peyton, and this is... I'm, I'm Wes, and I also have to pee. Thanks for taking part in our history, because this is part of history now. Whoa. 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 We'll see you next time.